Good morning. How are we doing this morning? Oh, good. I can change that. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, one of the, the things that Dave makes very clear and, and I make very clear is that, you know, just because we're up here behind the microphone doesn't mean that we've got a handle on the spiritual life or that we are spiritually perfected or that we have the answers to the questions or anything. We're human. We're people. We struggle. We go through the same things that everyone goes through. We try to find God in our moments the same way everybody tries to find God in their moments. And, you know, life continues to present itself in new and different ways that, uh, that surprise you. And just when you think that you are spiritually perfected and in touch and in control and know the answers to every situation, something new comes along. And I'm going to try my best to, uh, to share. This is uh, 2021 has been um, a very difficult year for me to go through. And I, you know, I've been really kind of surprised um, at how difficult it's been. Uh, but it started January 12th uh, with the death of my mother. And, you know, she was 91 years old, so you would, you would think it wouldn't be that big a surprise. But this lady was a 91-year-old that was still living independently, driving herself, running a business, speaking at conventions, teaching Sunday school class, she was tearing it up. And we all knew that she would easily hit 100, 100 plus. And even though she had contracted COVID, uh, you know, she was in the hospital, but she was getting good care. The results were good. The reports were good. Everything just seemed to be going exactly the way we expected it to go. We thought it was very preventative. We thought uh, the move of putting her in the hospital was just preventative. And uh, so to get that phone call in the middle of that, uh, you know, was an extreme shock to the system. Um, and this past Monday was the six-month anniversary of her death, and Tuesday was her birthday. And so, you know, that's, that's number one. Uh, number two, through the process of dealing with the will and her effects and everything else, uh, there was a family member that I thought I could trust with my life uh, that I found I couldn't. And that was a, a wound that was so incredibly deep. Um, yeah, it felt like a death as well. It, uh, it was just, it, it took me totally by surprise, totally off guard. And, um, you know, was another major shock to the system. And then also over the last uh, six months, I've lost at least three very close friends, one to COVID, two to other causes, and all three of them, it seemed like it was before its time. Uh, you know, none of them 
seem to be at the age where this should have happened. And so, uh, you know, at time, I think, I think maybe I'm suffering a little PTSD. You know, I, I have, I have days where I am totally flatlined emotionally. I can't feel anything. I've had days where I've just totally been depressive, not even wanting to get out of bed. And you guys know me pretty well. I'm not a depressive type person. Uh, that's really not something I struggle with, uh, you know, but it has been, it has been a very difficult process to go through and walk through. I've had days where I couldn't find God to save my life. And, <laughs> you know, that surprises me. That's, that's unusual. Um, now, the reason I share this, guys, is not because I'm looking for sympathy, obviously. I know almost every person in this room, and I know almost every person in this room has been exactly through what I'm going through right now. And for many of you, I know what caused it. And I know when you went through it. And, you know, for some of us, it's death of a loved one. For some of us, it's been financial. For some of us, it's been physical. For some of us, it's been a combination of all of them. So this is, this is not a sympathy vote or a sympathy request. Uh, you know, this is reality. This is how do we do life? How do we do relationship with God? How do we do existence, you know, when we find ourselves in these situations that are beyond what we've ever had to walk through or experience or deal with before, when suddenly it's more than we ever thought we would have to bear at one time, um, when suddenly it's affecting us on a much deeper plane and a much deeper level than we thought we could ever be affected. Uh, I think that's been the biggest surprise to me is, you know, is that, you know, I still, I still have the ability to be shocked and surprised at how deeply something can take me down or how a series of events, um, you know, can take me to such a low place, you know, a place I, I really never thought I would visit before. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've, shared from this pulpit, you know, that if our happiness is tied to our circumstances, then we're never going to be happy, that we're always going to be bouncing around and up and down, you know, and yet here I am, you know, and my circumstances are in control of my happiness. And, you know, it's, it's been a revelation to me. Um, a lot of this has been a revelation to me. I still have not worked my way all the way through it, um, as you can tell. And so I felt like that made it sermon material, um, just for that very reason, because this is something that all of us have to go through and deal with at some point, hopefully never again, uh, but probably so. Um, so, you know, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the stages of grief. Uh, you know, most people in here are aware of them. 
denial, bargaining, anger, depression. And then if we stay with the process all the way through to acceptance, uh, that's the path, you know, of the stages of grief. And um, what I was struck with as I was preparing the message and thinking about this, the stages of grief follow what the church calls the Paschal Mystery. The Paschal Mystery is death to resurrection, dying dying to self and emerging to a new life. You know, that is the Paschal Mystery. You know, it is a descent into the pit and then a resurrection, a coming out to a new life, a new stage of spiritual growth. It is the path of spiritual growth. And the stages of grief follow this path exactly, you know, from denial, bargaining, anger, depression, and then as we, if we stay with it, back up to acceptance, to new life, to a new opportunity, uh, a new understanding. But we only get there if we can find purpose or meaning or just accept what it is that we're going through. Um, So, you know, I reflect on this, I reflect on these because as I look at the last six months, you know, I can clearly see every one of those in my life, the denial, the bargaining, the anger, uh, the depression. And, you know, some of the things that I've dealt with, I have made friends with, I have come to acceptance, but a lot of it is still pretty raw. A lot of it's still pretty difficult. And so a lot of days are still pretty difficult. I want to share, you know me, I I, I always like visual effects. I share a visual effect that I shared quite some time ago. So a couple of you may remember it, but hopefully it's, it's new to most of you. Um, yes, you know what this is. This is an EKG of a heartbeat. Okay? Goes up, down, bounces around the middle. That's, that's a heartbeat. You know, when they, when they put a monitor on your heart and measure it, this is what it looks like. You know, and many years ago, eight, ten years ago, I was staring at this, and what I realized is this is not just my heartbeat. This is truly the heartbeat of life. I have great days, I have horrible days, and I have a bunch of days that bounce around the middle. You know, it is the heartbeat of life. And after I recognized that, I really realized, began to realize that every area of my life follows the same pattern physically. Nobody can see it on the screen. Yep. It's an EKG of a heartbeat. And, you know, every area follows the same pattern physically. I have days where I feel energized when, man, I can do anything. I want to do anything. I just want to get out there and tear it up and be active and be crazy. I have days that I don't want to get out of bed, you know, because I have no energy or desire or physicality to get out of bed. And I have a bunch of days that bounce around the middle. Mentally, 
I have days where I, my mind is firing on all cylinders. I'm sharp as a tack. Days where I can't think my way out of a paper sack. And a bunch of days that bounce around the middle. Emotionally, days where I'm happy to be alive. Everything is beautiful. Everything is wonderful. The colors are bright. You know, life is gorgeous. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. Days where I don't want to get out of bed and a bunch of days that bounce around the middle. Spiritually, I have days where I see God everywhere I look. You know, every person that I come in contact with, every flower that I pass, every hummingbird that flitters by, you know, is a sign from God. Days where I can't find God to save my life and a bunch of days that bounce around the middle. Financial. You know, I have days, weeks, times when it feels like money is flowing in from everywhere. Times when it feels like it's flowing out from everywhere. And a bunch of days that bounce around the middle. It is, it's amazing to me, but this has really become my symbol for what life is shaped like. You know, and it starts right in here and it translates into our everyday life. And truthfully... This graph, I really like this graph because it's accentuated to the positive. But for me, for the past six months, it's been a lot more like this. You know, there's been some ups, but it's the downs that really feel more pronounced. They feel bigger. They feel like they happen more often. You know, it, it's just, it feels like every time I turn around, you know, it's something else. And, you know, I'm ready to get it back to this again. So, you know, I like illustrations like this because, um, it helps me to realize that this is the path. It is the path that I can expect. It's a path that life is going to deal me. It is what life is about. And it's up to me to find God and find my way through regardless of what is going on, regardless of where I'm at on that graph in whatever area. It's still up to me to find my way through and to find my connection and to find my joy and happiness with him. Um, no, I want to read. I think this sums it up very well. Life is amazing. And then it's awful. And then it's amazing again. And in between the amazing and the awful, it's ordinary and mundane and routine. Breathe in the amazing. Hold on through the awful. And relax and exhale during the ordinary. That's just living. Heartbreaking, soul-healing, amazing, awful, ordinary life. And it's breathtakingly beautiful. Um, I love that. 
found that on Facebook. You may have seen it on Facebook. It's made the rounds a few times. Uh, but it's, it's a beautiful rendition, you know, of exactly what we have to expect, exactly what life is, uh, exactly the way it plays out for each one of us uh, as we go through. And, you know, it is. I can either accept this and walk with this and know that it's the way that life is going to play out, or I can resist it and run from it and try to hide from it and try to bury my head under the covers and be unhappy. So, you know, this morning I want to obviously spend uh, as much or more time talking about um, the path through, the, uh, you know, how do we find ourselves, how do we find our God, how do we find uh, comfort, um, how do we do life when we find ourselves in the middle of these type situations? Uh, you know, because the other thing that, and I don't know if I mentioned, um, you know, is the fear that comes a lot of times in times like this. Um, you know, I've had days where just, you know, just waiting for the next shoe to drop or wondering what was coming next. The fear was palpable, and it was not based on anything based in reality, you know, it was coming from deep within. So how do we deal with this? How do we find our way through? The first thing that I want to share is this, and I, I call this, this is a visual, if you will, um, imagine, if you will. Uh, I call this step away from the wall. And so over here is a big blank wall. And for those of you on camera, over here is a big blank wall. So imagine, I'm sounding like the Twilight Zone, imagine, if you will, that on this wall is a mural of Frank's life. Everything about my life is, is painted on this wall somewhere. You know, here's the effect with all the friends and relationships that I have here. You know, over here is family. Over here is what I do for work. Here's my car, you know. Over here is my relationship with God. Here's my finances. You know, every little piece of my life is represented on that mural. I can look at it and I can see everything from the mundane, you know, to the beautiful. Everything that makes up my life is represented on that wall somewhere. What happens for me, especially in times like this, you know, I've got these three or four situations that I'm having trouble dealing with, that I'm grieving, that I'm struggling to work through. I'll go over to the wall and I take each of them and I put them right in the middle of the wall. And then I walk up to the wall and I press my nose against the wall until all I can see are those three or four things. I can't see anything else on the wall. I can only see these three or four things that are making me hurt so badly. And I sit there and I stare at them and I agonize and I, demo <laughs> I, I 
just you know I, I you know I can't find happiness because all I can see are these three or four things that are hurting me so badly and it's because I've walked up to the wall and pressed my nose against it to the point that that's the only thing I see uh, the only thing I see are these three or four things if I take one step back I began to see a little bigger picture I began to see other pieces of my life, you know, besides just those three or four things that are hurting so badly. You know, I began to get a little better sense of balance, a little better sense of things that I have to be appreciative for. If I take two steps back, things get a little brighter. And if I'll back up far enough away from the wall that I can see the entire wall, you know, I can begin to realize that you know, I've been blessed. I have a lot to be grateful for. I've got this place. I've got friends. I've got family that cares about me. I've got so much to be thankful for, and the Lord has blessed me with so many things. But I can't see them with my nose pressed against the wall. And, you know, I don't know how many people relate to this, but that's my tendency in dark times is to pull the bad stuff to the middle and then walk up and press my nose against the wall to the point that that's all I can see. And there is no hope of finding God. There's no hope of finding happiness. There's no hope of finding gratitude. There's no hope of finding anything positive with my nose pressed against the wall to where that's all I can see. You know, it's only when I back away and look at the whole picture and see the whole life that I can begin to appreciate that this is but a small piece of what's going on. It's just a small piece of my life and and what I have to be grateful for and thankful for in life. But it's hard to back away from the wall. It is really hard to... You know, there's something really funny. Most of you know that that uh, I went for, through recovery for alcoholism 12 years ago. And I, I remember to this day, my case manager kept trying to make me write out a gratitude list. I didn't do it for at least a week. I didn't want to be grateful. I didn't want to be happy. I didn't want to focus on anything positive in my life. I wanted to wallow in my misery. I wanted to be, you know, sad and unhappy and upset and miserable. And I I didn't want to go anywhere else. I guarantee you it was at least a week before I wrote one thing down on that paper. That's my nature, you know. You know, if I'm unhappy and if things are going bad, I, I walk up to that wall, I press my nose against it, and I do not want to step back, step away, or see anything different. And, you know, today I know the answer. Today I know when I'm doing that. It doesn't mean I always can accomplish it, but I can do it more now than I used to be able to. So that's that's the first piece of, you know, dealing with dark times, dealing with difficult times, you know, recognize when you've got your nose pressed against the wall, recognize when, you know, all you're looking at are the things that are making you unhappy or uncomfortable, 
and step back, see the whole picture, look for the things that you truly have to celebrate, truly have to be grateful for, and thank your Father in heaven, you know, for the things in life that are there for you. This is a, another difficult one for me, and that's keep showing up to your routine, your daily routine. You know, in the 12-step program, we call it taking opposite action. Uh, on the days where, you know, I, I just want to be full of self-pity and I don't want to do anything at all, you know, it's important that I continue to show up to my daily routine. Whatever it is, you know, whatever my normal routine is, it's important that I get up and continue to show up for it. Showing up is 90% of this game, you know. Dave talks about presence all the time from up here. You know, I'm only present when I'm showing up to my daily routine, my daily game. You know, when I'm taking care of my responsibilities, when I'm accomplishing the things on my to-do list, when I'm doing my work, when I'm doing whatever it is that I have to do. You know, I have to continue this if I want to move through to a healthy piece of life. The next one, and this one's huge, is keep showing up to your community. You know, this is my community right here. And, you know, I walk in this room and the load is lightened 75%. You know, I walk in this room and I see friends and I see people that I care about and I see people that I know care about me and the load is lightened, you know, but it's up to me to keep showing up. It's up to me, you know, and the good news is I don't have a choice <laughs> with this one. You know, I, I, I really can't choose to stay at home. Dave would, would get pretty upset with me, you know, if I started calling in on Sunday and say, by the way, I don't feel like coming today. I think I'm going to stay home. You know, I don't really have that opportunity. But, you know, I'm thankful for that and I'm grateful for that. And I can tell you this, once again, when I started my 12-step my recovery journey, I took commitments at meetings just for that reason. So I wouldn't sit at home and debate whether or not I needed a meeting. I would have to show up. I had a responsibility. You know, I called it outsmarting myself, uh, you know, because left to my own devices, it's very possible I can sit at home and say, you know what, I'm okay. I'm not that bad. I don't really need that. You know, I can see this through. I can handle this, you know. So I call that outsmarting myself. You know, I take a commitment if I need to so that I don't have a choice whether to show up or not. Um, you know, and I, I don't want to do all this without scripture. Uh, so, you know, Jeremiah, you know, this is one that we go to over and over and over, but it's so perfect, you know. Um, oh, never mind. That's the scripture for uh, the next one. First Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You know, that's the keep showing up for community. Be here. Be a part. Whether you feel like it or not, 
especially on the days when you don't feel like it. Take the opposite action. Get in here. Get involved. You know, human touch and human contact and human interaction is amazing. For me, it's truly where I find the face of God. I find it in the face of others. Um, I find it in relationship. That's where it becomes the most real to me. I find it in the encouragement I get from my friends and from each other. You know, that's the voice of God speaking to me. You know, I find it in the ability to do for someone else. That's being used of God. The opportunity to help someone, to touch someone, to encourage someone, to lift someone up. And I can only do that if I stay in relationship, if I stay in community. And the third one is keep showing up to God. Um, and this is Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you search for me wholeheartedly, you will always find me. Keep showing up to God. You know, if I let the darkness take me away from my time with God, take me away from my time with others, you know, take me away from my routine, the darkness gets bigger and it wins, you know. But if I let the darkness push me, if I take the opposite action, if I recognize what it's doing to me and I continue to take the action I need to move through it and beyond it, then things get better, things get lighter, things get brighter. Um, I want to read, this actually came uh, from a Richard Rohr uh, memo that he sent out some time ago, but it's about a man that was in Vietnam and suffered night terrors from it, and I just love kind of the shape of his journey, and I want to read this to you. He says, I suffer from a disturbed sleep pattern that's been part of my life since a nighttime attack in Vietnam in 1967. Since that time, I haven't slept for more than two consecutive hours in any one night. My sleeplessness became the central symbol of my not-all-rightness, of my deepest fears that I would never be all right. Part of the reason I had difficulty sleeping was because of my night terrors. The sound of artillery that isn't there firing in the distance of helicopters on assault, that special look of everything illuminated by artificial light, the sounds of small arms fire, of the wounded screaming for a medic. For me, this is what rises up out of the silence that is special tonight. I hated the sun going down. I fought and struggled with my inability to sleep, and the more I fought, the more difficult the nights became. So I turned to alcohol and drugs, legal and illegal, for relief. But my suffering just got worse. Some years after getting sober, I was standing at the kitchen sink in my cottage in Concord washing dishes. Above the sink was a window 
through which I could see a row of 50-foot-tall pine trees that lined the driveway. That day, as I did the dishes, I was watching a squirrel busy doing whatever that it is that squirrels do. When I had a powerful experience, a voice inside me, the voice of awareness, said to me, You can't sleep. So now what? I began to laugh. It was a moment of complete acceptance. I finally understood that I just was how I was, to resist, to fight, to attempt to alter the essential nature of my life was in fact making matters worse. And now I understood that I simply needed to un- that I simply needed to learn how to live with the reality of who I was. In this moment, I discovered that it was here, in the midst of suffering and confusion, that healing and transformation can take place, if I can stop trying to escape. But I'm not special, you know. You can do this, too. You can face your own sorrow, your own wounds. You can stop wanting some other life, some other past, some other reality. You can stop fighting against the truth of yourself and, breathing in and breathing out, open to your own experience. You can just feel whatever is there, exploring it, until you also discover the liberation that comes with stopping the struggle and becoming fully present in your own life. This is the real path to peace and freedom. You can do this for yourself. You can do this for your family. Our whole world will benefit. You know, on a good day, I can look at what I'm going through right now, and I can know that it's a spiritual journey. I can know it has the ability to take me to a new, deeper, better place with my God, with my friends, with my community, with everything. I can know that this is the shape of the journey, and I can know that if I find my way, as I find my way to acceptance, that I will end up in a new place, in a new spiritual place with a renewed life, a new resurrection from death to resurrection, from grief to acceptance, the path through. I want to read, and I want to close with this, um, I want to read four scriptures, and these are scriptures that, you know what, sometimes I have to read them four or five times a day, and sometimes I read them once a day, some days I don't read them, but these are scriptures that always help me uh, to remember whose child I am and why there is a light at the end of this tunnel. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's Isaiah 40:31, And this is also from Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire... 
you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. From Matthew, and this is Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And from 2 Corinthians, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I hope you all have a great week, a great month, a great year, a great life. You know, I hope that there's no more grief or sadness, but there will be for each of us. That's life. That's the journey. You know, but what I also hope is that you'll continue with community. You'll continue with daily routine. You'll continue to step away from the wall. And you'll continue with God as you walk through it, as you make friends with it, and as you find acceptance in it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this life. It's not always easy. So often we wish we could change the things that are happening to us. Help us to accept. Help us to look for you in the midst of them. Help us to know that you are there in the midst, offering your hand and your heart, your love, your compassion. We know you're there. We have a hard time finding you sometime. But thank you for this beautiful world that you've given us as a playground. And thank you for all you give us on a daily basis. And we thank you and love you and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.